Listen, as we kind of wrap up things this evening, I wanted to address something that, of course, as a church, we should be mindful of, be praying about, and we should be aware of right now. So tonight, we're going to address what we'll call simply the peace of Israel. We're just going to try to frame some thinking for us tonight regarding why should I be concerned about this? Why should I even pray for the peace of Jerusalem and, and by extension, the peace of Israel? So throughout Scripture, we read the promises, of course, that God made to the people of Israel, the seed of Abraham. And then we also read promises that God made to the royal family of Israel and specifically the throne of David. And all of these are promises that sometimes we say, well, well they must be of none effect. No, they're, they're not of none effect. They're not null and void. They, they may not have been fully fulfilled, but they are promises that will be in fact realized. So the ultimate fulfillment, of course, of these promises is when Jesus returns and he sets up his kingdom during what we refer to as the millennial reign of Christ. And he reigns perfectly and he does so from the throne of David. So that is the ultimate fulfillment of what we're uh, looking forward to. But until that day, what is it that we're supposed to be thinking of regarding all that's taking place right now in Israel? Um, Julie and I have had the privilege on three different occasions to place our feet on what oftentimes people refer to as the Holy Land uh, in Israel. And I can remember one of, the, one of the times that we were in Israel, we're standing against one of the walls of the old city. And our guide said, notice what you'll, you'll see right there. And he pointed out, remember when, when Israel had the six days war, he said, you can notice on the side of the wall and you could see bullet holes that were punched into these thick, you know, stone old Jerusalem walls that surrounded the city. And it's just a little reminder that so long as Israel exists, Israel will be a target for those who desire to see them non-existent. And Israel is facing that very battle today. Those that would desire to see them removed from the face of the earth. So as we consider why should we pray for the peace of Israel, we have to understand a couple things regarding God and his plan for Israel. Has he cast them away? In Romans chapter 11, we, we won't do any in-depth study, but we should be reminded that this is not primarily a passage referencing the church. This is a passage referencing the nation of Israel. And Paul uses two specific examples in Romans chapter 11. And he first uses himself as a personal example. He says, okay, consider myself. Um, Romans chapter 11, verse number one, the Bible says this. I say then, hath God cast away his people... God forbid, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. He says, oh, listen, is God done with Israel? Because here he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, that must mean that Israel now no longer plays a part in the eschatological timeline. I mean, they're just done, right? And, and, and Paul says, no, God forbid. He says, God's not finished with Israel. And then he uses Elijah and Israel as a historical, not just a personal, but as a historical example. 
Again, when we look at Romans chapter 11, verse number two, God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Wot ye not, that means didn't you know what the scripture says of Seth of Elias, that is Elijah, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars and I am left alone and they seek my life. Verse number four, but what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And here Paul reminds us of Elijah's encounter with God. That's recorded in 1 Kings chapter 19. And although Elijah's frustrated at the waywardness of Israel, it's like, man, I'm the only one left, Elijah says. And and God just so patiently with, with the tone of grace says, Elijah, you're not the only one. There is still a remnant in Israel. I'm not through with Israel. Again, 1 Kings 19, 18, yet have I left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So in Romans 11, God's reminding us that there yet remains a remnant of those who know him that remain in Israel. And even beyond this remnant, God in his sovereign plan is going to reestablish the throne of David. So the first thing that we do is we say, okay, is God still using Israel? Is there still a plan for Israel? In a cursory fashion, we mentioned tonight, absolutely still a plan for Israel. You say, okay, then how do I pray for Israel? How do I pray? What should be some of the thinking that helps frame my prayer? Well, let's consider a couple things. Why pray for the peace of Jerusalem? Why pray? And then again, by extension, why pray for the peace of Israel? Why? Well, first of all, because we are commanded to. We're commanded to. The Bible says in Psalm 122, verses 6 through 9, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's fairly straightforward, isn't it? Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say, peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. What is it that we're reminded of? Well, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. God speaks about the fact that we should not rest until Jerusalem is established. Isaiah 62, verse number one, for Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until the righteousness therefore go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. If we go a little bit further in the same chapter, verses six and seven, I have set a watchman upon thy walls, O Jerusalem which shall never hold their peace day or night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence and give him no rest till he establish until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Why pray for the peace of Jerusalem? Well, first, and, and this should suffice, but because we are commanded to. Secondly, why pray for the peace of Jerusalem? Because Israelites, like all mankind, need to be reconciled to God. Why pray for the peace of Israel? Because Israelites, like all mankind, 
And I use that with, with every intention because all mankind needs to be reconciled unto God. Again, in Romans chapter one, verse number 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it, that is the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to whom? To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Do you know what we've covered there? We've covered all mankind. Why pray for the peace of Jerusalem? Because Israelites, like all mankind, need to be saved, to come to the knowledge of truth. Every Jew needs the gospel of Jesus Christ, just as does every person, every Russian, every Ukrainian, every Haitian, every Pakistani, every person needs Jesus Christ. We might say every Palestinian. Who needs the gospel of Jesus Christ? All mankind, to the Jew first. Why should you pray for the peace of Israel, for the peace of Jerusalem, for the advancement of the gospel? Why should we pray for the peace of Jerusalem? Well, we're commanded to because Israelites, like all mankind, need to be reconciled unto God. Why pray for their peace specifically? Because Israel is the apple of his eye. You say, well, where do you get that from? Deuteronomy chapter 32, beginning in verse number nine. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his, in his inheritance. He found him in a desert land, in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about, he instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. What was Jacob's name changed to? Ah, Israel. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings and taketh them, beareth them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him and there was no strange God with him. Why pray for the peace of Israel, the peace of Jerusalem? Because Israel remains the apple of his eye. Why pray for their peace? Because God blesses those that bless his people. Because God blesses those that bless his people. You and I could build a very strong biblical case for God's provision, protection, and blessing on this place that I call home, the United States of America, regarding the United States' connection to, protection of, support of the nation of Israel. The Bible says it this way, Genesis chapter 12, verses two and three. And I will make of thee a great nation, this, this Abrahamic promise, I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Why pray for the peace of Israel, because God blesses those that bless his people. Why pray for their peace? Because Jesus is the Messiah written about in the Old Testament. This, this old covenant, this which so many still today in Judaism are holding on to, why pray for them that their eyes might be open to the one that the Old Testament continually pointed to, the Messiah. 
Jesus was speaking to a group of doubters and he said this in John chapter 5, verse 39, speaking to these leaders of Israel, search the scriptures. Jesus invites them. He says, listen, you have the scriptures, you have the scrolls, search the scriptures for in them ye think ye have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. When we read further in that passage, verse number 45, Jesus said, do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses in whom ye trust. For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he, that is Moses, wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? Do you know what Jesus was saying? He's saying, hey, listen, in your holy scriptures, you have everything you need to come to me as your Messiah. Why should we be praying for the peace of Israel? Because we want them to come to the knowledge of truth that Jesus Christ is the Messiah proclaimed in the Old Testament. And why should we pray for the peace of Israel? As we close, I'd like you to take your Bibles if you have them with you and turn with me to Psalm 83. Psalm chapter 83. It is a, a psalm of Asaph and it is a fitting prayer when you consider the peace of Israel. Why is it that we should pray for the peace of Jerusalem, the peace of Israel? Because all men must know that God rules over all the earth. So well, what does that have to do with praying for the peace of Israel? Because there is no nation on the face of the earth that has seen the providential good hand of Almighty God like the nation of Israel. No nation on the face of the earth. Why should we pray for them? Because it points people to the magnificence of our God. Notice what the Bible says. We won't read the entire psalm, but let's start in verse number one, Psalm chapter 83. Keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace. Be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They, that, they have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, come, and let us cut them off from being a nation. Did you hear that correctly? Come, let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance for they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. Skip down to verse number 13. Oh my God, make them like a wheel as the stubble before the wind, as the fire burneth the wood, as the flame setteth the mountains on fire, so persecute them with thy tempest and make them afraid with thy storm. Fill their faces with shame that they may seek thy name, O Lord. Let them be confounded and troubled forever. Yea, let them be put to shame and perish that men may know that thou, whose name alone is Jehovah, art the most high over all the earth. Why pray for the peace of Israel? Because all men need to know that almighty God rules over the affairs of the earth. I, I have no desire to see the senseless loss of life. 
But I do believe in praying for the peace of Israel. And I do believe that God will providentially preserve that nation. I am soundly against evil. I'm soundly against those that would destroy Israel as a nation. And I am strong in support of what I am commanded to do. And that is pray for the peace of Jerusalem. As this service closes tonight, let's do so.